talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think. And I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your hosts. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade. And John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how to shoot. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on Anchor.fm and a variety of podcast platforms. Joe Donald and John Mita with you. Follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast. A boatload of things to get into today including what the hell is going on with Miles Sanders, the James Harden trade rumors. Is that starting to heat up from an NBA perspective? A new segment we're going to call Uncle. A couple of sad, somber passings in the Philadelphia sports world to uh, touch on, and a whole lot more, of course, on your Philadelphia Eagles. Johnny Mita. What are you doing over there? Clicking a pen? Were you fired up? What's going on? Yeah, you know, I had to get my pen ready then for all the listeners that can see me. You notice how all the commentators always have a pen in their hand when they're talking. Oh, I yeah, think it's the most ri- go. I think it's the most ridiculous thing ever. But anyway, <laughs> I'm I'm ready. I'm pretty fired up. So uh I might bring some anger in this show, but at the end of it, we will we can all be friends. But uh yeah, I'm pretty jacked up. All right, well, the big news today from the Philadelphia Eagles, John Amita, is that uh, Jalen Hurts is going to get the start. Uh, We will start there. We'll eventually get into the loss of the Packers. We'll talk briefly about the Saints game. I touched on a few other things we're going to get into. I'm geeked up. I think we got a great rundown. Uh, I'm pretty well prepared. I think I've been prepared since since the final horn sounded on Sunday with all the things that are plaguing this football team. But – First off, I guess I want to I want to touch on one thing with this whole Jalen Hurts Carson Wentz thing. As Doug Peterson announced today, a statement through the team that Hurts will start Sunday against the Saints, and Wentz is relegated to the bench. Uh, first off, at the press conference yesterday, Doug Peterson, uh, his Monday day after press conference, with this whole like the decision's completely mine. I'm not even going to talk to the other coaches because it, you know, it could uh, essentially, you know. Jedi mind trick him into doing something else or, or uh, convolute his thoughts. Like that's complete garbage. All right. Unless you are an absolute dictator of a head coach, you always rely on your resources. The other 48 coaches you have on your staff. In this case, you talk to management, you consider contracts and draft status and egos and all those things. That's how sports work. If you don't humanize it in some way, you're just becoming either analytical guy and using the numbers, or you don't have a pulse for your locker room. Uh, so I'm not buying that it was just Doug Peterson's decision. He's obviously covering for everybody else, not trying to push people under the bus, trying to make it seem like he has the power and it's his decision. Not a shot in hell that they didn't talk about it from the time the game ended Sunday all the way until they publicly, publicly announced it or made the decision internally about what the ramifications are for this move and what the best move for the organization is moving forward, both short-term and long-term. So I'm not buying it, Doug. Thanks, but no thanks. The statement uh, that they made through the team really bothered me, quite, quite frankly, John Mita. And here it is, Doug Peterson's statement. This is from 94WIP on Twitter, but it came through the Eagles. Quote, I have come to a decision. I am going to, and I am going to go with Jalen Hurts this week against New Orleans. Peterson continues, I looked at the whole thing and decided that for this week to look for that spark again, to try to get the team over the hump. First of all, this is a brutal quote. The PR people should have cleaned it up. Again, quote, I have come to a decision and I am going to go with Jalen Hurts this week against New Orleans. I looked at the whole thing and decided that for this week to look for that spark again, to try to get the team over the hump, end quote. Uh for this week what like let's be real here you got to make this move and you got to make it with conviction and you got to make it because you think it's the best thing for this team yes Sunday against New Orleans but also you know if you're still trying to win football games which you could argue maybe they shouldn't be doing maybe they should be playing the young guys and hopefully you lose out to improve your draft capital 
whatever you think about that situation, whatever anybody out there listening thinks, you know, to each his own. But I just hate the quote. Uh, I hate sort of that, like, uh, it's it's a spark. No, Wentz has been terrible. It's time to sit him down, give Hurts a chance. And this whole notion of it's just this week, it's just it's just pandering. You're just, you're just trying to uh, play to the mindset of Carson Wentz. It should be Hurts, and it should be Hurts moving forward until something else drastically changes, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, the way Carson played against Green Bay, you could understand why they pulled the trigger and put Jalen Hurts in there. When Jalen Hurts got in there, he did some nice things. Don't get me wrong. He um, you know, made some big-time throws, was able to escape out of the pocket. Um, but and, and we kind of came to the conclusion in the last podcast that this is probably – what Carson Wentz needs to maybe see if you can salvageable salvage him at all. Um, there's a lot of things moving forward that are, that are going to present a huge problem. Um, number one, his contract is a huge problem. Uh, good old Howie, as much as we tend to give him credit as being such a great capologist, we've learned in recent years that sometimes his capology is just crapology. Um, so I love it. Well, listen, it catches up with you, right? Like you keep kicking the can down the road. You keep rolling over, uh, you know, paying bonuses and deferring money into future years. At some point you get to those future years and that's where the Eagles are in, in, uh, you know, next season and beyond. Yeah. Um, so if you're making this move, you, you got to see him play for a couple of games. I, again, you got to see the sample. I mean, you might as well let, let him give it a rip and see if this is going to be, you know, the quarterback of the future. The problem is with Carson Wentz's contract, you're so tied to him. And, I'm, you know, people know I'm a huge Wentz apologist, but he's played terrible. Again, I, just like what the 76ers did, I, I'd like to see this guy with a new coaching staff, a new philosophy, the whole nine yards, and, and see. Because if you're contract, contractually, excuse me, if you're contractually tied into him, then the only thing you can do is keep – so then you have another problem. It's then you have Hurts is over his shoulder, vice versa. You're going to have to get rid of somebody. The decision is going to have to be made on who you're going to get rid of. If, if Hurts shows some promise, you just say maybe you trade him away. I, I don't know. It is a terrible mess. Howie Roseman has created this mess with the drafting of Jalen Hurts. Carson is mentally screwed up and looks terrible. But, again – Joe, I, I, I just – I don't think enough of this goes back to the coaching staff in general, in general. Again, week in and week out, I just see the same crap over and over and over again. And I'm just so tired of it. Like, I just don't understand the philosophies. Like, I heard today, stat of the day, I know you'll give 20 more today, but in the last <laughs> two years that Doug Peterson, his run-to-pass ratio – a 73% pass to 27% run. Could that explain the reason why he is 20 and 20 in his last couple seasons as the football coach? Possibly. So there's a lot of things going on. Um, you know, Jim Schwartz continues to suck. Um, I, I just, <laughs> all right, well, let's let's stick with all right, I what? just can't wait to give him a shot. What do you – all right, two parts. All right, here. go ahead. Get what me back on the rail because I'm, I'm – What do you expect from Jalen Hurts? All right, what do I expect? And, 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 I, know, and I know that we want to get into, you and I, sure. how to fix – you know, fix this mess that is the Eagles. But Hurts, what do you expect short term? And then, you know, essentially what's next for Carson well, Wentz? I mean – I mean, he did look like the team was playing a little harder when Jalen Hurts is out there. I agree. And, and I don't know if that's a product. The people just – is Carson Wentz this guy that we just don't know about? Is he that guy – and we all we all have these people. He's like the fun, you know, the phony guy. You know the guy I'm talking about? It's like so nice to your face. And then behind closed doors, he's talking bad about Jerry. He throws you under the bus like – I just don't understand. I feel like Carson demanded a mystery because it seems like other people might be playing harder for the other guy. Do they just generally not like him? Does he come off as a, an arrogant prick that doesn't want to listen to coaching? It doesn't – I just – I mean, he seems like a wholesome dude, but I don't know. I know. You would think – listen, you would think small-town right. guy. Yeah. Right? Uh, 
Midwest kind of kind of guy. Um, works hard, uh, a man of faith, good in the community, all these things. But we saw last year the team played its best when it was non-star players around him. It was a bunch of nobodies. And this year we didn't see a whole lot of, like, I got my guys back from from anybody. That's true. And I don't know that we'll ever know. Yeah. Maybe we will. And I'd hate to see him go elsewhere and succeed. But I think there's a real possibility that happens. So, you know, I'm with you, John Mita. There's just there's some questions that we don't have answered as a fan base. I think that's why sports radio is going to be very interesting in Philadelphia and beyond for for the next few months. I mean, they've already been beating this thing up to death over who should play, who's most responsible, how bad is his team, should they make the playoffs. I mean, I've been listening a lot lately more so than I ever have over the last seven years since I've been out here. And I don't know why that is, but I'm just hooked right now. I'm listening to WIP probably three times a day. And it's the same old nonsense. But I think it's probably because we're just such a passionate city, A. And B, there's really no right answer, right? It's it's the multiple choice, E, all of the above. Because there's so many things that are wrong right now. Um, I'll get into how I feel about Wentz in a second and what's next. Give us your master plan as uh, as John Roseman or Howie Mita. Pick pick your name. How do you fix this thing? Well, or I guess I should say uh, John Laurie or Jeffrey Mita yeah. because I think Roseman shouldn't be the one trying to yeah. fix it. So if you're the owner of the Eagles, what are you um, doing? As much as I would like to um, put Howie down the hall again in an office where he can count the money, I think in order for this team to move forward, they have to clean house completely. So Howie's got to go. You got to hire a general manager, and then gen- and then and you got to ha- hire the general manager first. You can't do this ass backward. Hey, we're going to hire a defensive coordinator. We're, then we're going to grab a coach. We're going to bring this guy in. No, hire the general manager. Make him pick the football coach, and then you go from there. And I think that coach. I want an offensive minded guy. Guy like. Look at, like, Brian Dabble, like, Buffalo. I don't know if anybody watched, but I watched some of the Buffalo Bills. Um, everyone thought Josh Allen was not that great of a quarterback. Brian Dabble gets in there, and and he turns a guy into a bona fide player who looks like he's on his way to being a really good quarterback in this league. So you got to get an offensive-minded right. coach and, like, some type of quarterback whisper because I think if you can get that, you can turn Carson around. And I think it's very easy to get – a good defensive coordinator. So what I'm doing is I'm firing Howie Rosen, picking the general manager, and as much as Doug Peterson and this coaching staff has done in the older years, it's time for us to say goodbye. We need a new voice, a new team. I just think maybe it happened after the Super Bowl. Sometimes you tend to get a little stale. You just the same message doesn't go through. And I, and again, I think Doug just surrounded himself with so many good assistant coaches i mean dare we say mike lombardi might have been right that it wasn't that great of a hire he just surrounded himself with great coaches and um you know we'll go from there and we'll we'll see what happens but that's what i'm doing hiring a general manager um firing howie firing peterson the whole staff the only one i keep around is maybe do staley does he become the offensive coordinator again i don't know i'm sure he's gonna want his opportunity maybe he becomes the head coach but you got to clean, you got to do some house cleaning here. And I think it's the only way to salvage the franchise. And with Carson's cap number and, and trade level where it is, it's the only way to fix it, in my opinion. So that's what I would do. I'm going to go back just a second, touch on those two sure. other things. Uh, look, I'm glad Hertz gets a shot. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. I thought he should have started against the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. I think the team on Sunday against the Saints is going to play with some energy. I expect him to crack 20 points, which is we both know has been, you know, like uh, decoding some type of crazy, like prehistoric scribblings on a t- on a on a rock somewhere. Like it's it's just it has been not an easy thing for this for this football team to hit that twenty point threshold. They're pretty much in that thirteen to seventeen point range, and that's all you're getting. I think they hit twenty points this weekend. I know the Saints defense has improved, but I, I'm not that concerned about. It. I think I think Hertz will give them a little bit more in the quick decision-making department and a little bit more athleticism. He seemed more fluid back there 
Wentz, you know, he added a lot of muscle in the summer, probably because he was trying to stay healthy and take some hits and not get so beat up, but maybe it just affected his athleticism. Uh, to me, that Goddard throw was the final nail in the coffin. I don't know if you agree or not, but that should have been a touchdown pass. He was wide open. He he attempted some jump throw that I think he was afraid for the for the life of him to overthrow Goddard and miss what was a wide open, you know, ninety yard touchdown essentially. And so he put so much air under it that it was like a wounded duck. Uh, Nintendo Duck Hunt was what I would have been playing with that thing blasting down those that football right out of the sky. I mean, it was an ugly pass. Goddard has to wait an hour for it. He gets tackled a few yards later. Turns out to be a 40-yard gain. Should have been a touchdown. I think Peterson saw that from the sidelines and said, that was seven points we missed out on. I got to sit this guy down. As for Wentz, rest up, big fella. I would get him to Tom House this summer. 3D QB. That's the name of his platform. He's worked with Brady. He's worked with Breeze. He's worked with Matt Ryan. Say what you want about Jared Goff. He's gone to see sort of, as you said, the, the quarterback whisper. Tom House, 3D QB. Jeffrey Lurie should be writing him a check and let Carson Wentz move in to wherever the hell this guy operates out of. If, if they can get a first-round pick for Carson Wentz in this draft, I would consider dealing him. But that's not my preference. I'm going to say that again. It is not my preference. And you know I was probably the last one on the Wentz bandwagon when they were trading up to get a guy from a small-town school. But he won me over. I think he's legit. I think he's fixable. I think mentally and physically he is absolutely shattered. You can get him back. It was not that long ago that he put this team on its back. We were at the Week 16 game against Dallas where they had a win to stay alive and get in, and he played better than Dak Prescott. That's not, that's not even a year ago. So – if it was the concussion, if it was the Hertz pick, if it was the millions of factors it feels like that have been weighing down on this guy, that's one thing. I think he can be right in 2021 with a full offseason, some good mechanics and practice habits, and better talent around him. But I'll leave that for now. Here's how I fix the Eagles in the short term. First of all, play the young guys. All of them now. No more Jason Peters. No more Alshon Jeffrey. No more... I don't know. Pick your veteran guy. See you later. If you don't like it, you can find your walking papers. If you don't want to sit on the bench, I would not play any older players. If you don't have to, if the young guys are healthy, they play, they get the reps. You got to evaluate what you have. I've replaced the GM and the coach and I would do the coach part of it. ASAP promote Deuce Staley. We talked about it last week. Got a, uh, got a please, please, please from an avid listener of ours and D bird to stop referring to him as Doug Peterson and go back to Poopy Peterson. You got it, D-Bird. I'd fire Poopy Peterson, as I said last podcast. I'd promote Deuce Staley ASAP. I'd trade Zach Ertz and anybody else you think you can get draft capital for and start to rebuild this thing. I would take the top wide receiver available in the first round, and I'd take an offensive lineman in the second round. I don't care the position, versatility or not. Give me somebody that can protect a quarterback. That's how I would do it. Play the young guys immediately. Fire the GM, but before that, get rid of the coach. Give Deuce a chance. Trade anybody you can leading into the draft that can net you more picks. Hopefully your new GM has a clue. Take the top wide receiver available in round one. Take the top lineman available in round two. And maybe next year you go into it with a chance and a rebuilt Wentz and some talent around them to salvage this thing, and it doesn't become a full-on rebuild. Real quick, Johnny Mita, I got something for you. You don't have to necessarily call it stat of the day but you might want to go find the uh, Schuylkill River with some cinder blocks after I read this to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the last 50 players drafted by Howie Roseman has made the Pro Bowl. One. And his name is Carson Wentz, John Mita. <laughs> and now he's on the bench. And let me just add this, okay, because I think this disclaimer is necessary for anybody that's not thinking about this on a, a broader scope. The Pro Bowl ain't all pro. Like, I didn't say all pro. I said Pro Bowl, which is basically a popularity contest. And as you and I both know, and many of our listeners do, most guys skip out of the Pro Bowl. They're playing in the Super Bowl, so they can't play in the Pro Bowl. So, like, sometimes you get the third and fourth best player at that position to go to the Pro Bowl. And the Eagles have had one guy of the last 50 drafted by Howie Roseman, and that's Carson Wentz. So, 
I mean, if that's not damning on the organization, I don't know what is. All right, back to the Packers game for a second. I don't even remember what the hell the final score was. Oh, 30 to 14? Yeah. 30 yeah, to 16. Exactly. Yeah, huh? Oh, very close to my prediction. I told we get we get 16 points one way or another. It kind of came. Yeah. At a mix yeah, of well, extra point, but yeah. Uh yeah. Don't uh, I'll get there. Don't you worry. Uh what else jumps out to you about the Packers loss? I've got a lot. It starts with running the ball. I'll let you begin. Well, I mean, again, it, I just I just don't understand how basically Miles Sanders, he is essentially your best offensive player on your team right now, yet he seems to disappear like Casper the Friendly Ghost. I, I just don't get it. The guy gets a couple carries and makes him headway, and then he is nowhere to be found in the game plan. And listen, I know he's had some fumbling issues, and I, I know, but but what I don't understand is – I, what what I can't fathom and comprehend is it was why you just refuse to just run the ball in the second half. I, I I just it just boggles my mind. Why don't you get your playmakers in space? I, I just Miles Sanders has one of the highest per carry averages in the league, but yet he has like the least amount of touches. That alone just signals what the hell are we doing? So that that's puzzling. Yeah. Johnny, sure. let me ask you this. Would you trade Miles Sanders? And I only say that because they're not using him. Yeah, I mean, he's a young player. I, again, I'm trying to unload some veterans. Like like you said, I, I try to unload maybe like Ertz. I, I consider unloading Fletcher Cox. We have so – I mean, yep. there is so – here's the problem. The Eagles are going to be in cap hell next year. Um and the problem is we have so much money into our lines as far as, like, offense and defense line. Uh, the good plus that I DC again, Jordan Malalata had another great game. He was ranked as one of the top offensive linemen, according to Pro Football Focus, for, like, the second straight week. And so what does that tell you? So, to me, that tells you you might have found your left tackle, air pound at the future. And then, hopefully, with Joe um, – Hopefully, with um, with with Andre Diller coming back, you know, maybe you have. Oh, don't even, don't even. Again, I, I trade everyone. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Jack Driscoll, Nate Herbig, Jordan Mylata. You're probably gonna have to find a center Jason too because it looks like Kelsey's cooked. Um, yeah. Yeah, Another positive thing retire. just from the game, and I'll be quick about it. I'll let you get to your points, is it, it's nice to see that Jalen Rager had a punt return for a touchdown. As much, all right? Yes. As much as I love Justin Jefferson and wanted him desperately on this football team, I I can't beat Rager up. It Again, wasn't my first choice, but I knew he wasn't a bad player, and I knew at some point that – that he'd make some plays, but that was good to see. He had a nice catch down the sideline and the punt return. So that's kind of what we've all been searching for and what we've all wanted to happen. But Do you remember after the draft, right after the pick, they talked about how his speed, you know, I don't know if it was Howie or one of the scouts, somebody said, like, his speed on the field is faster than on the tape, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like his forty time wasn't blazing, but he but he's faster on in in the game, right? Like I don't even sometimes I'm like mind boggled by that whole concept, but it is a concept, right? Scouts believe, you know, he plays faster than he does on tape. I didn't think he looked that fast coming down the sideline in that punt return. Like he wasn't shredding past people. Now it was a hell of a return. He got a touchdown. I watched it a few times, but he's not leaving guys in his dust. Like, I'm not so sure he's the fastest player on the roster. Like, I don't, I don't know who that would be if it's not him, but I don't know, man. Like, that's the one thing that concerns me is, like, if he's not a true burner, like, we, he was sold to the fan base as he's a burner. I'm just not so convinced on that fact. He might be a good player. He might be a game-breaker. But he ain't a burner. He's not Tyreek Hill. He's not Deshaun Jackson in his prime. I didn't see that type of speed. Yeah. No, I mean, what? they just got to learn how to set people up, too, with the route run. You know, there's ways to turn that burst and that speed oh, I agree. up. But they, they just 
That's a whole nother story. All right, here, here, here's what I got on the, on the Packers game. Run the damn ball, right? You went over it, so I'm not going to beat it to death. But Jordan Howard had been here a week, and he's getting more touches than Miles Sanders. Really? Miles Sanders had five carries on the Eagles' first drive. He had five the rest of the game. He didn't even play that many snaps. His snaps were cut. He hasn't had 18 carries since week two. So I ask you again, what's going on? Is he a bad teammate? Is it bad body language? He didn't know the playbook. He can't pick up a blitz. Was he involved with Jamon Brown in that incident that got Jamon Brown kicked out of the hotel in Green Bay and cut? I don't know how many of you saw that story. Yeah. Um, like, how can you forget about your best playmaker every week? And again, he was on the sidelines for a lot of the game. Like his snap count was significantly down that even I noticed it through my Twitter feed. Like what is going on? What's going on? I know he does, he's not a great pass blocking back, and they need that. And I know his receptions, like you can't catch. Here are these numbers for you. Miles Sanders, and I looked this up myself for once. I didn't steal it from somebody else. Miles Sanders caught 50 of 63 targets last season. That's not bad, right? 50 of 63. He has caught just 19 of his 39 targets this year. Yeah. 20 times he's been targeted in the passing game, and he hasn't even caught the ball. I'm not even saying a big play. So something's going on there, dude. And I know Wentz has been inaccurate, and I know his ball placement's terrible times, but that just seems like easy pickings. Every team in the league, I sound like a broken record. Every team in the league dumps the ball to their running back, except for one, the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'll add this. The Eagles are such a bad team this year, and I talked about this before, how they make like even good teams look bad. Like It's not even fun watching the Eagles play because the other team kind of plays down their level. But the Eagles can't even get routine penalty calls because they stink so bad. That first drive, that's pass interference on Boston Scott on that little wheel route that would have extended the drive. Instead, they kick a 52-yarder. Like, they can't even get those calls. The push-off on Alshon late in the game, that wasn't a push-off. The hold on Sayamalo that negated Boston Scott's big round, that was a big run. That was ticky-tack. But they can't get those calls because they stink. And by the way, Travis Fulgham, he couldn't drop a ball for four weeks. Now he can't catch a cold. And lastly, that was second and seven when Aaron Jones ripped off that 70-plus-yard touchdown run. Second and seven. They're still in the game. It was brutal. Vontae Maddox, I know he got hurt last year at Lambeau, and it was a scary injury, and he was carted off the field, and he almost broke his neck. I get it, but I can't stand him anymore. He's too soft. If you're afraid to hit because of injury, I will ne- like that's fine, dude. Hang him up. But if you're out there trying to play cornerback like Deion Sanders and you're not, I got no time for it. So either mix it up, get your nose dirty, or hang up the cleats, bro. I'm sure you got enough money to survive on. What do you think about the Saints? Um, what do you got? We're, we're, we're going to see. We're going to see what the play calling is about. We're going to see how Jalen Hurts goes against one of the best yep. defenses in all the National Football League. We're going to find out. We're going to see if this team has quit on their coach. Um so yep. that's kind of what I'm looking for, um, forward to. What do, what do you make of, of the play calling? Who's calling and the plays? Doug We're is getting still mixed calling messages, the damn plays. Right? I don't at, care at what anyone point, says. He's still calling the damn plays. Just like <laughs> just like Andy Reid told, told, you know, us that he called the damn plays in Kansas City towards the end of the season, which was couldn't be so far from the truth, but you know, he did his he did his guy solid, which is fine. But I think we all know now. That Frank Wright called those those plays in 2017. So, and whatever. I mean, Press Taylor, he stinks. Carson was yelling at him. I mean, who knows? None of them. Their their play calling is this is the worst designed offense in the National Football League. And it's not even close. Okay, but let me ask you this. Do you think it's because Wentz is struggling so much. The line is struggling so much that they have no, dumb. I think they can't get dumb enough. It looks like it's too comprehensive still. It's, it's <laughs> crazy. Well, I see some of these wide receiver routes, dude, and it's like four curl routes on a third Well, that's seven. it. There's no you know, creativity. There's no, there's... There's no, and it's almost like they're trying to say, okay, Carson, the four yeah. guys are going to do, do a 10 yard butt. But this like is what people need to understand. Like, okay, Carson takes a sack. Are his receivers creating separation? Because I watch these other wide receivers, and, and they just find ways to get open. 
They just oh. off the yeah. line. Off the Somebody line. Somebody comes too. up and press them. Listen, teams teams are all about pressing on receivers because they know they can't they can't beat the one on one battle. So they just lick their lips, you know, and right. pin their ears back. So uh, we're, yep. we're we're gonna find out. Right, I mean, I, I, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I got a I got a few quick thoughts on the Saints game. Malcolm Jenkins is going to have a day. Book it. A couple of sacks, probably a turnover. Uh, Saints D is much improved from earlier in the year. Remember, if you were watching some of the Saints primetime games in weeks like one, two, three, four, they weren't on the same page. They were having coverage issues big time. Jenkins had that one game on Monday Night Football where he looked like he was 100 years old, and the Eagles made the best move ever moving on from him. Now he's playing better. That defense is playing better. And your boy Jimmy Schwartz today said it might be the smartest player he's ever been around. So good job moving on from him. Uh, you got to blitz Taysom Hill and confuse him. You got to be ready for those misdirection kind of quarterback keepers because if there's anything the Eagles D sucks at, it's misdirection. And I would say this, John Mead, I'll leave you with this. Regarding the Eagles Saints on Sunday, pray to God that the Saints are looking ahead to the Chiefs game because that's who they play on December 20th, a week from this Sunday. So could be a trap game maybe for New Orleans. If they're looking ahead, they think the Eagles stink and Hurts maybe makes a few plays to keep the birds in the game. Um, I got nothing else on the birds. We have our new uncle segment coming up. I can't wait for that. We got some James Harden trade rumors, though, to dive into first. Take it away. You want me to take it away? Oh, yeah. Well, hey, you're the NBA guy. So. First of all, are you making the trade? At first, I was kind of on board for it, but now I'm kind of hesitant. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, listen, I don't like his style, so I shouldn't say I was on board to start. I'm really hesitant now, and I, I was kind of hoping we were going to get on today, and you were going to be like, get it done, Daryl Morey, trade Simmons, trade, you know, the franchise doesn't matter, get me James Harden. I was going to be like, are you sure? Because he doesn't seem like the best teammate. He doesn't seem like he's uh, – you know, right now, what he's doing to the Houston oh, Rockets is, is central. Essential. Yeah, that's it's, what he's it's doing. terrible. Well, it's he terrible. wasn't really happy when they hired their their next coach, but we all kind of saw the writing on the wall. Then the the issue became: well, was it who's the problem? Is it James Harden or is it Russell Westbrook? So then Russell Westbrook gets traded, and nobody knows what the hell is going on. And James Harden was at a little baby's party out in Las Vegas. I don't even know who the hell that is. So. Oh, come on. You should know Little Baby. Nah, nah, I don't baby know Little Baby. I'm sorry. Lyric knows Little Baby. There's nah, a there's... Duh Baby. Wait a minute. There's two uh, different there's babies? Artist, I you got to be kidding just me. Just Baby. Dude, I'm, no, I think there it. might be three babies. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. If you you get up on your hip-hop, rap, R&B knowledge, there's nah. Little Baby, L-I-L. There's Duh Baby, D-A. Nah, and I think it. there's just Baby. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow your mind, John Mead. I'm pretty sure... Two of the three babies are on a track together. All right. Well, that's a lot more hip-hop knowledge that I've ever known in the last 10 years. There you go. You got to talk to the young kids. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So here's – Text the lyrics. What does James Harden bring to the table? Well, a couple things, right? Prolific scorer uh, can also pass the ball. Deficiencies, one of the worst defenders in the NBA. I don't know if it's just because he just doesn't want to play defense and he saves it up for – uh, outside, um, you know, outside the the home. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. It's so because they've surrounded Ben Simmons with shooter. The question is, what what is it going to take to get him? If Daryl Morey wants to keep Simmons and Embiid yep. together, what are you going to have to give up? Do you have to give up Tobias Harris and maybe one of your young pieces, like the guy you just drafted, Maxi? Like, I don't know if I'm doing that. Um, so uh, right now I'm going to, I know he wants to be in Philadelphia, but I don't know right now. Yeah. But did he though, or does he, I mean, he wanted to go to the Nets and the Nets aren't willing to be a dance partner. So now it's like, all right, well, second on my list. And I don't know. I mean, I'm nervous about too. So I don't know. I think I stand pat unless you can find a way to do the deal without, with only having to give up like Tobias Harris and some future picks. I wouldn't give up. Here's what I'd do. I'd probably give up Thibel, Harris, and two first-round picks, and that'd be it. 
and that's what I would do. If you, right. that way you keep Simmons there again, but then will Harden and Simmons be able to play? Will Harden be able to play off the ball? I mean, he's a ball dominated guard. So I don't know chemistry wise, if that could work. So it's a big conundrum. If you were to ask you right now, I was all on board with doing the deal. Now that there's shooters around, Ben Simmons and a different type of chemistry makeup, maybe this could work. So I don't know. I mean, that's probably the worst answer in history that I've just given. And all the listeners are like, what the hell? This guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. But nah, you're just yeah. on the fence. I get it because you're torn. You want the you want the superstar, you want the 30 points a game, you want to create your own shop, but you're worried about the other stuff, which is right. concerning. Exactly. The guy's never won. That is a big thing. All right, let's go to our segment. It's a new one. I was thinking about the other day. You know how I love to use the term uncle when I just had enough. It's like I, I prefer Indian burns, right? You know, just uh, just I can't stand it anymore. I've had enough uncle. Um, by the way, is Indian burns now like an insensitive term? You know, when you grab somebody's arm and you twist opposite directions, that's what oh, I'm referring God. to. I, I'm oh, guessing that's insensitive. Oh, go ahead, probably. uncle. Uncle on the insensitive. Insensitivity. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Here Let's we get go. Started. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Another contract for oh, Vince God. Velasquez. Uncle. Another year of Andrew Knapp. Uncle. Reno Mahe standing next to Fat Andy on the Eagles sidelines all those years, basically in his little hip pocket. Uncle. Mike Missinelli's Twitter account filled with political banter. Uncle. The Flyers power play when Claude Giroux wires one off the glass from the left circle. Uncle. And when Wentz drops back and the pass is batted down, dude, you're six foot five, uncle. And I got two more for you, John Mita. Jake Elliott missing extra points, uncle. And the Andre Diller draft pick, uncle. My God. Your turn. Jeez. Whew. That's a great list. A lot. You were ready. I told you I was um, ready. You've mentioned a lot of what it. Okay. The ownership of John Middleton. Saying that he lost two billion dollars, <laughs> even though his team is worth two billion dollars. Can we say, Uncle, sell the team, John? If you don't want to spend any money, sell the damn team. I can't take it. They want to trade Zach Wheeler, Uncle. Just sell the team. You had people in a pandemic just cheering on ladders outside your stadium. Signed JT Ramuto. You want nothing to do with it. Fireside sale, uncle, uncle, uncle. The Philly franchise, uncle. The, the general <laughs> manager that they fired, but they moved down the, the hallway to shoot the fanatic hot dog machine, uncle. Get them all out of here. I can't take it. Howie Roseman and his one for 50th traffics that only one made the Pro Bowl. And that is not the most damning uncle stat. I don't know what is. Get out of town. Jim Shorts. Oh, my God. A receiver is peppering one of our cornerbacks. Do we help him out? No, leave him on the island. Way to go, Jim. Uncle, you stink. Get out. I can't take it. Who else? We've already talked about Mike Missinelli. Yes, I, I rechecked. He did ban me from his Twitter account, so I will never watch it. Scumbag again. Uncle, I, he used to be one of my guys. Now he's a complete loser. See you later. What else? How about the people that drive 45 miles an hour in the left lane? Uncle, uncle, uncle. Or text <laughs> messaging somebody in the left lane. If you want a text message, move over to the right side of the road. My goodness. And for all those people that give you stares when you're walking your dog outside, even though you're 300 feet away from them, but you're not wearing a mask. Uncle, stop. Stop. I can't breathe. Huh? Johnny Mita, Johnny Mita, what, what is your average speed on the highway for our well, listeners that have never been in a I've car said with this you? to many people. I'm an aggressive but defensive <laughs> driver, so probably in the 80 range, I would say. I mean, so, um, yeah, All that's right. pretty much it for me. Who else <laughs> Who else can I stand um, in this country? Oh, uh, one more, one more, one more. Nancy Pelosi, okay? And I'm, I'm not trying to get political, but this is all I'm going to say. To hold up the second stimulus and coronavirus bill because there wasn't, and now you're going to do it because there's a new president, uncle. 
What you did to those people, you have restaurants and small businesses dying all across the country. You could have got this bill out a couple months ago to help some families out right before the holidays. And you sat there to do this just to spite somebody with your filled pockets and your designer ice cream. Uncle Nancy Pelosi, I can't, I don't want to see your face again. I love it. I uh, will add one more. This goes for both of us because I know you're oh, a fantasy football this year for me. Both my teams oh. faded hard down the stretch, huge losing streaks. Both leagues, I go six and seven and yeah. miss the playoffs, uncle. And you know what? A large part of it is that Miles Sanders on the witness protection yeah. program wow. for fantasy it, football injuries. owners. Oh, my God. Adrian Peterson outperformed in the last two weeks. Like, give me a break. On the, uh, on the fly, Johnny Mata. Okay. Yeah, let first. me go first. I'll ask you. Or you want to ask me. Is that what you mean by going first? All right. All right. No, bring okay. it. Bring it. Who's in worse bring shape it. right now as a franchise? The Philadelphia Eagles or the Ooh. Philadelphia Phillies? <laughs> Both of these come down to, I think, a question at the top of the food chain. Both come down to ownership. Is Jeffrey Lurie meddling in the Eagles' decisions from who plays to who gets drafted to all that stuff? Um, John Middleton, how cheap is he going to be long-term? So I think the biggest question for both those teams is ownership. I will bank that Lurie, who's been there, done that, who we trust and we valued as a proud owner of the franchise for so long, will sort it out before John Middleton. So I'd say the Phillies are in bigger trouble. They're the bigger disaster. And it, and it stems from the fact that I have more faith in Lurie than a guy that sold us a bill of goods. And other than signing Bryce Harper, like it. really has well to said. on it. All right, on the fly for you, Johnny Mita. And I, and I think this is a good one for you. How do you, John Mita, draft guru, view the college players that opted out from this season? Are they more rested, less wear and tear? Are they a bigger question mark? And I ask you because Jamar Chase, the top wide receiver in many um, pundits' views, did not play this year for LSU, and the top linebacker available for NFL teams to draft uh, in the next draft coming up in 2021 would be the kid from Penn State, Micah Parsons, and he opted out as well. So how do you view the guys that are drafted? Well, I look at it this way. So in the NFL, unlike the NBA and some other sports where you can essentially turn pro at a very young age, these guys have played a couple of years. They're seasoned. They're ready to go. They didn't want to risk injury with the season and the uncertainty of the draft coming up. If there was a cancellation during, you know, the pro season, would the college season run into them getting preparing themselves for the draft? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think they're going to be just fine right now. Both these kids are in training facilities. They've already hired agents. They're essentially just getting bigger, getting stronger, analyzing film, kind of working on their craft at, at an individual level as opposed to a team level. We've all seen them on tape. They're both stars, and I would take either one on the Philadelphia Eagles next year. So I'm a big fan of Jamar Chase and Michael Parsons. For the love of God, if we tend to lose out, looks like the path that we are writing right now as the Redskins are flying up the NFC East ladder um. Yeah, I, I I have no problem with them. Guys that opted out just to, to work, you might want to question, oh, are they not team players? Somebody might say that. Keep in mind, it's like guys that don't want to play in the bowl game, right? Case in point, a guy like um, yeah, Jalen Smith, the linebacker from Notre Dame. He plays in the bowl game against Ohio State. He has this, this horrific leg injury. And essentially, it kills his draft stock, and he can't get on the football field for another year and a half. So, for them, they're just staying ready. They're they're working on their individual skills, getting bigger and stronger. No, I don't have a problem with it. I think they'll all be good to go. All right. Oh boy. One word okay. answer. I'm going to throw. That you might be impossible for me, but quick. go ahead. One more. One word I'm answer. Just kidding. The Washington Who wins the NFC East. Wash. Oh, I'm sorry. The Washington football. Washington. Wash. What? Uh, what do we call him? The Alex Smith? <laughs> we call him the Washington football right. team, but one word would be Washington. You got it. Um, an RIP to John Smallwood, longtime Daily News 
columnist and uh, TV personality on Comcast for so many years. RIP as well to Dick Allen, the longtime Philly, who was one of the greats of his generation and is hopefully going to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame soon enough. I will give a quick thumbs up to the Phillies for getting him into the Phillies Wall of Fame this past season. And it's my understanding John Middleton was a big proponent in that happening. Uh, So rest in peace, John Smallwood from the Daily News and Dick Allen, former Philly and White Sox. uh, Really, you know, boy, 2020, just the the amount of notable celebrities and stars and and idols for a lot of people that have uh, passed away this year. I mean, I'm sure if you look at other years, there's been huge names. It just feels like 2020 can't end soon enough from, from that standpoint. Um, I got my stat of the day ties into Dick Allen passing away, and it is the MLB OPS leader. So that's on-base percentage plus slugging percentage leaders from 1964 to 1974. So a decade there, the MLB OPS leaders, Hank Aaron, 941, Dick Allen, 940. So for a decade, the second-best OPS amongst all of baseball behind only Henry Hank Aaron, and he was ahead of Willie McCovey, Frank Robinson. And he's Willie not in the Hall of Fame, which is a shame. Clemente I know he's been on Willie the ballot like 20 times now. He's been a lot. Yeah, and yeah. I think he fell just a vote or two short uh, last time around. They're expecting him to get in, so rest in peace, Dick Allen. Long-time Philly. He was a rookie of the year at the Phillies. And I want to read this tweet from Larry Boa. Uh, this is from at Larry Boa 10 Another heartbreaking loss for our Phillies family. Dick Allen was a Hall of Fame player, no question. He was a great mentor to our entire team back in the 70s and taught us all how to play the game the right way. Baseball lost a legend today, RIP. I love my it. Friend. Thought that was great stuff from Larry Boa. Any thoughts on either John Smallwood passing? I mean, he was just a great personality. He was, it seemed like he was like a real warm, gentle guy, but then he could get into it with people. Like, I just, that was a great show. You just had a ton of sports writers back and forth. Yeah. Well, other than Barkan hosting it, there's a lot of guys you can't stand. You know, I can't stand Barkan. So I had to take my shot. Also, like me, Uncle (laughs) Barkan, Uncle. Uh, what a great segment. <laughs> I like it. Uh, good stuff. Uh, I, got, okay. I got one more thing for you. I will leave you with this. I want one more thing the rest of this NFL season from the Philadelphia Eagles. And I want a win against the Dallas Cowboys. That's it. One more win. Just give me one more win the rest of the year. Beat Dallas because it's Dallas. I don't care if it means Dallas finishes with the fifth pick and the Eagles get the sixth. I don't care what those ramifications are. If they lose out the rest of the way, minus one week, Dallas, I think I can live with that. Because I'm going into all these games expecting them to lose. I just can't handle – I guess let me put it this way. I don't want to finish in last place in what could be the worst division and that's in the, true. the NFL. That's not anything to hang your hat on for years to come. That's for sure. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. any final thoughts from these you? games are painful to watch. I mean, we got the Villanova Wildcats, you know, they're, they're foreign. <laughs> <laughs> they had a big win over Texas over the weekend. So yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, was they good. Did. But that kicked I just, off Sunday man, with I mean, a nice, this team a is nice hard start. to watch right now. It's, it's bad. It's bad. This is like kind of reminiscent of like Andy Reed's last year here. It's just, it seems like the wheels have completely fallen off. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. If I had told you at the start of the year that Carson Wentz would be healthy and yet Jalen Hurts would be playing, oddly enough, against Taysom Hill and the Saints, who the Eagles kind of exactly. – the whole talk was they draft him to be like a Taysom Hill. Uh, what, what I would probably you would have said pass the digit to the right-hand April, May, side. June, July, it's never going to happen unless he gets hurt, but here we are. <laughs> Jimmy, Kem- Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter the other day. The football yeah. team is on their third QB, meaning Washington. The Giants are on their second QB. The Cowboys were on their fourth QB at one point and now back to their QB number two. The Eagles QB one stayed healthy all year, and they're likely, highly likely to finish no better than third yeah. and arguably it's the pretty, worst uh, damn ever. Yeah, it, it really is. Depre- just another it's notch depressing. on the 2020 belt depressing here. Stuff. My God, can't we get this year over soon enough? I, I lied. I'm sorry. I can't stop. I got one more. 
Did you? Did you? And I sent you this. Okay. I sent you this on Sunday. Tim McManus on Twitter. Eagles oh, yeah. wide receiver snaps for the first quarter. Jalen Rager, 17. Alshon Jeffrey, 14. Greg Ward, 12. Travis Fulgham, 6. John Hightower, 3. Someone is it all based on money? Are God these guys playing just based on money because they're getting white. paid? Because that is the wrong damn message. I don't, I don't care how much Ugh. they make. Put the best players on the yes, field. Yes, it is. And Travis Fulgham was your best receiver on the damn season. And now all of a sudden he doesn't play anymore? Come on. And yep. how can he catch the ball? And he's probably not getting targeted, not catching the ball because he, he doesn't, doesn't even get targeted. He forgets how to play because they haven't put him out there. I don't know. And the whole thing just makes me sick. The whole coaching staff, their decisions, their management, the, everything. Just get rid of them all. For the, fire them all. Oh, wait, I took a picture of that. Somebody else said that. I think it was my boy Ruben Frank. Somebody like was like, he, he tweeted, like, fire them all, I think. We're getting to a point where you fire them all. I don't know. I thought I saw it somewhere. Anyway. I hear Sorry. You. Listen, I drug yeah. this out another five or ten minutes because I Sorry. couldn't stop talking. So that's my apology uh, to get you fired up again. But uh, really good stuff. I thought it moved along nicely, covered a lot of ground, and we will see how Jalen Hurts does in his first start on Sunday. I am going on a limb and predicting that Jalen Hurts will come out a winner in his first game, and he will screw up all these plans we have of, like, the fifth overall pick. Because I'd, I'd resign myself to get pumped for the draft like like no other draft. Um, and now I just have a feeling – they're going to find a way to get it done on Sunday. If nothing else, like you said, it's exciting. I, I, I was hoping the Eagles defense was going to keep getting off the field on Sunday just so I could get another look at this kid and see what we have. Um, yeah. And I guess we'll find out. I'm going to go 23 to 20. Eagles get it done. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm, I'm making that, that prediction. <sighs> don't forget who told you the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl when it was all doom and gloom a couple of years it back. Was, buddy. That was and a that great was at prediction. our 100th episode at the, at the pub. By the way, we're coming up on 200. We'll have to do it somewhere fun. Virtually. Yeah, you got <laughs> all right, brother John, Thanks for everybody for listening. Appreciate it. Brother Love Podcast on Twitter at Love Podcast. Until next time.